Good morning, and welcome to Java Chat, a coffee with Mike. We are on the second part of the funnel basics, which is discussing the funnel stages. And that's been a, this is fun, that's been a uh, topic for the last, these two particular uh, casts, if you will. Reason being, again, sometimes we need to go back over the basics in order to remember why it is we do what we do and the thought process behind it, the strategies and tactics, etc. I'm to be in the middle of making my tribal coffee this morning. Thank you, tribal coffee, for sending me some amazing freaking samples. The I've never seen anything like this. Really ingenious. Somebody devised a cool way to do what are called pour-overs. And all it is is basically it's a, it's a pouch that hangs over the top or near the near the top of your your coffee mug. You pour hot water into it. It it brews coffee and the coffee's flavor is amaze balls. Um, and I'm totally totally enjoying it. Um, the flavors are wonderful and it's easy to make. Uh, and it's got this cool little like bracket that hangs over the edge, so it it basically allows you to uh, it basically allows you to do a pour over and, and have a great cup of coffee, and that's what I'm doing right now. So, on to our funnel chat. Funnel chat today is basically about the last two stages of the ch- of the funnel, uh, which deal with evaluation and conversion. Everybody wants to jump to conversion because everybody wants the sale. I get it. That's fine. But we already talked about the first three, awareness, interest, and um, <clears throat> consideration. Uh, and now we're talking about the, the rest of the story, so to speak, which is which is the part where you really get someone's interest in evaluating your product or service. You've, you've given them some free information. You've talked with them. You've shared some content with them. Maybe put them to a blog, a vlog. You've been able to engage them in ways where they can begin to appreciate who you are as the either authority or uh, product or service to truly consider as the premium for value. And that's the consideration. Now we're talking about evaluation. Evaluating the rest of the story, so to speak, with regards to you and your service and whether or not it's something that somebody really wants to have and enjoy. If you've done a good enough job of that, putting out the right kind of content, putting out the right kind of information, helping that consumer or customer along their decision process, showing them that you have every intention of making their life better with what you have, then the evaluation portion will generally be fairly brief, which is kind of what you want anyway. You don't want to spend a lot of time in evaluation unless you have a difficult product to understand, which can also happen. In which case, this is where you continue sharing the value proposition of what it is that you offer. If you remember our landscaper, the guy with the rocks, I think I called him Tim, uh, his whole thing was, I can show you how to make a better looking desertscape garden or rock garden, whatever kind of rock garden, considering colors, considering size, considering makeup. All these different things. By the way, excuse me, I'm going to take a sip of this amazing tribal coffee. 
Okay, so yesterday I had the New Guinea. It was floral. This is the Guatemala. It's got this nice earthy tone to it. Loving it. Back to our story. And he has been sharing with people through vlogs, examples, actually showing them the types of, of rock and things of that nature. Now it's time to start talking about what it is that he's potentially offering. He's not converting yet. He's just giving somebody more to evaluate. I've been talking about how to create the proper desert scape that will let you stand out in the midst of, of a totally green community. You know, somebody that has yards and trees, and here you are with Joshua trees, which hardly take up any water, a couple of succulents, a couple of cacti, and this wonderful rock garden out in front with sandstone and all this other stuff, whatever it is that he's doing. He's been showing his expertise. Now, he may have a couple of aims. He may want to sell rock. I don't know. He might have a rock business. That's the case. Most of the value or evaluation will be based on this is the kind of stuff and this is what it generally would cost. This is the kind of budgeting you may want to think about. Now you're giving somebody a benchmark by which to measure what it is that you're offering. You haven't made a pitch yet. You haven't made a, an actual offer yet. So you're not going for the conversion. You're saying this is what it would normally be. This is the part of the process. And, and mind you guys, when you're doing your funnels, a lot of these things get put into uh, a, short, a shorter process. So although I'm describing each stage as an individual piece, know that a lot of funnels have a lot of these pieces all in one shot. And they're meant to take somebody from awareness to evaluation and conversion, usually within just a couple days, sometimes within just a few minutes, depending on what it is that they're selling, okay? Or offering. Tim's not talking about the benchmark, the standard. This is what it could be. This is what it probably is. This is where everything is at. Uh, stick around and I'll give you a little bit more insight. You know, keeps calling people to action. If you wanted to get a, like a price list of, of something like this as an industry standard, this is, this is non-company specific. This is what it is. This is what I've seen. This is the research we've done. This is who uses it. You get the idea? You're putting out enough information that somebody can make an informed decision in the future based on the offer that is made. That's your evaluation. So when you're creating your funnel, always remember that the evaluation stage is really when somebody's taking a look at you going, okay, so what's the industry standard? What's been the normal? When you come to conversion, now you're going to break the norm. Now you come in with something that may be slightly different. Hey, under normal circumstances, you guys saw the report or you saw my vlog. You saw the, you saw the numbers that are usual and standard. I have something different for you. This is where you start making your actual offer, getting somebody to convert to from a customer to a client or a purchasing customer. So let's say Tim does have a rock company and wants people to buy rock from him. Okay, now he can start talking about his offer, whether he has discounts, whether he has white glove services, uh, if he's got landscaping services, etc., etc. He could also go another direction. In which case, if he had only been talking about homes, yeah, it's probably a rock company and maybe some, you know, maybe some design as far as designing the actual garden. But if he was talking about commercial stuff, now he's talking to architects, he's talking to property managers, he's talking to realtors, people that could actually give him a referral for, um, for rock purchasing. Or he could become a consultant in the case of an architect who needs somebody who's a landscape design architect 
Tim might be that, <clears throat> or he may be just a consultant that has, has enough industry experience that he can consult an architect and say, well, if you're going to do this kind of rock garden, here's how it probably would look best according to what you've designed. Now he's selling consulting services. Again, <clears throat> a funnel can be built up around that. When he comes to the point of conversion, now we're talking about what kind of deal are you going to offer? Because everybody's looking for a deal, right? And there's different strategies, guys, for this. <clears throat> some, <clears throat> some do the price break of um, 297 497 997 And then there are those that say, don't do that at all, because it could be insulting to the person that you're, you're making the offer to. If it's 500 bucks, it's 500 bucks. 497 really isn't a huge savings. Three bucks does what? Maybe a couple cups of coffee at Starbucks, depending on where you're picking up your coffee. Me personally, I just drink tribal coffee. I just want to make that clear. Um, yeah, plugs all day. When, you, when I really enjoy something, I'll talk about it a lot. So tribal coffee, check them out. They're everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Get some. This stuff is amazing. Um, but again, it's the offer that is being made needs to be obviously a step away from the norm. You know, if, if, if uh, uh, three cubic yards of, of pink rock normally goes for $1,000 and you're going to make an offer of $750, you are giving them a quarter off. That's, you know, 25% off for anybody that wants to come and get a hold of these, this rock, three cubic yards of it. Now, if you do it through this particular offer, and not everybody's going to see this offer because they came... The ones that see the offer came through a specific marketing strategy. They came off the awareness platform, which put them into an email. Are, is anyone else going to see this particular offer? Not unless they go through the funnel. So now you've made it an exclusive process to get to an exclusive offer where everybody else may only get 15% off. Uh, I'm seeing a funnel go through right now via uh, what's, what are called chatbots, which is an automated um, process through instant messenger on Facebook where somebody is offering a product at a, at a price that they're going to discontinue and then the price is going to go up a lot and that's part of the conversion process I'm making this so sweet for you right now you shouldn't refuse taking it so there's your conversion process converting means making a deal sweet you've built up on the evaluation side this is what it normally is you've seen this on TV you've seen this in I'm sure online as well. You won't have to pay this much. You won't have to pay this much. You won't have to pay this much. This is the price. A lot of TV infomercials are like that. Uh, sales pages are like that. Offerings uh, from certain internet marketers are, I'm going to be jumping this price tomorrow. I'm going to be jumping this price in two days, in a week, or whatever. Interestingly enough, when the next iteration of product comes out, that product usually goes back down in price. So you have... As the person who's creating the funnel, you have a little more than just the conversion point to think about. You also have the follow-on sales to think about. By the way, that's another funnel. Conversion at this point means getting the person to understand what the industry standard is and what you're offering are at, at a wide enough distance as far as value that it would be silly for them to not take it unless they absolutely didn't need it per se. Uh, Tim's rocks. I'm in an area in the middle of Missouri. Having a rock garden would make absolutely no sense because the soil that I sit on would have the weight of those rocks trampled into the soil, making it look just like a muddy mess. However, 
that same deal out in like where I live, Las Vegas. Three cubic yards at 750 versus a thousand for the whole load installed and you know laid out when it's normally a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars or twenty five hundred dollars, whatever that is. That is a smoking deal. I'd be stupid not to take it. The only reason I wouldn't take it is I already got a rock yard and it's already done. But that doesn't mean I shouldn't talk to Tim as a consultant to make sure that my rock garden doesn't, you know, because he's an expert. It's obvious. I may still inquire with him some other way to say, hey, I already have a rock garden. Would you mind taking a look at it? You have other things that could occur from that funnel. Your funnel shouldn't only single-mindedly, although it may be a single offering, it shouldn't make somebody single-minded on what you can do. It should make them broad-minded that you may have other services that you can offer. If you don't, you don't. But if it's possible, you should have it there. You should incorporate that into your funnel. I see a lot of funnels where everybody's focused singularly, rightfully so. It's based on a product, whether that's an info product or an actual product or a service, single-mindedly focused in that funnel. That's good. Right after that, another funnel should be popping up. Your your farming of knowledge, I'll, I'll, I'll say it that way. It's probably not the right terminology, but best I can come up with on such short notice. Your farming in the, in the prospect's mind of your expertise should tell them that you're such an expert that they would probably want to talk to you about advice as well. Well, guess what? For me, that's 150 an hour. If you want to talk to me about your funnel and what it's doing, and I'm not making an offer, by the way. This is just, that's my rate for sitting down and looking at a marketing strategy, a marketing funnel. It's 150 an hour. That's normal. I may do a funnel on it later and offer it for 70 bucks, whatever. That's another funnel. If you've been farming in the minds of your prospects properly, they should be able to look at this singular product and go, cool, I need it, I buy it. I don't need it, but I need to keep following this person. I need to keep watching Tim. And Tim keeps coming out with new content. Hey, just did this yard, wanted to show you guys what I did here. Hey, just did this commercial building and I wanted to show you guys how this worked out. I worked with this architect and this is the design that they came up with. Let me show you how we worked this out so that it looks even better than what it first started out as. <clears throat> and then does a couple of before and afters, etc., etc. Make sure that your funnel will brew in the minds of your prospects, your authority, your professionalism, your expertise, while you're building up to whatever it is that you're going to sell. It will, in, it will continuously engage your clients, your customers, and it will continue to get them in their own minds to come and engage because they need to know more or they want to know more. You don't have to be the most entertaining person on the planet. It does help, but if your expertise is clear, you know, not everybody on this planet is the same. Some people are the amiable zanies, like the old Crazy Eddie commercials who was so nuts, people went to him just to see why he was so nuts. And he wasn't really that nuts. He was just, that was what he did for his TV commercials. He wasn't, a, he was a, he was an enthusiastic guy, but Crazy Eddie's deals were literally crazy. And it was all in all the electronics and stuff that were available back in the day. This was back in like the 80s. Um, it, and, and that persona attracted a lot of sales for products. But you wouldn't want to be crazy, Eddie, if you're talking about financial planning, would you? Now, I'll, I'll, I'll share one contradiction to that term, but only because she does it in a way 
that allows her to relate to her generation that doesn't relate to the older generation of financial planners that are stoic, stone faces, unemotional, and, and literally the calmer version, in my opinion, this is, this is what I've run into a lot of times, a calmer version of a used car salesman. Okay, and I know that's gonna get me in a lot of trouble. I don't care. I know how financial planning works. It's a lot of it, a lot of it for financial planners based on commissions and management fees. And if you don't have a certain net worth, that's not beneficial to you. A registered investing investment agent or RIA is much better. That's a sidebar for another time. Anyway, there is one young lady who is who is pushing the envelope. I mean, she still checks with compliance. She still makes sure it's all it's all good that she's not stepping out of line. But she does things that are a little off the norm. But they allow her to relate to her market, the millennials who don't relate to the old style financial planners. In fact, the old style financial planners have a hard time relating to millennials because of the difference in personality and upbringing. And that's okay. She matches them and she does very well because of it. That's her persona, but she's not some amiable zany that goes off the wall either. She just does cool stuff. Um, I'll have to remember her name. She's in the book, Crushing It by Gary Vee. Um, her story is in there on how she's changed the landscape within the financial planning realm utilizing her persona uh, to promote uh, the business that she's in. And again, she does it well within compliance. She doesn't step out of line. She doesn't do things that she shouldn't. She does things that are out of the cultural norm, gets her a lot of bad criticism from a lot of the older folks, but it basically means she's doing it right. Should that be you? Maybe, if that's your persona. Make sure you're doing it right. Make sure you're being legal within the realm that you need to be legal in if you're professionally, li professionally licensed. My goodness, more coffee. And, uh, or if you need to be factual, analytical, make sure it's still the kind of analytical that doesn't necessarily go straight over everybody's heads. If you're overly technical, you can lose a lot of people that may be the buyer of your product. Uh, make sure that you understand that you are farming your expertise in the minds and hearts, not just the minds, but the minds and hearts of your prospects. The more of that that you do, the easier it becomes for people to come and trust you. The easier it becomes for people to come and utilize your services, consult with you, ask you questions. And, and by the way, if you're vlogging, blogging, uh, posting, and somebody asks a question, get back in there and answer it. Don't, don't, don't be the inactive uh, community leader. If you're running a group and somebody asks a question, get in there and answer it. I made a mistake years ago. I used to write uh, for the Ask the Expert column for entrepreneur.com. In fact, some of my, my columns are still online. I haven't searched them all out, but I know they're up there. I went back um, about two years after I had written to find this long list of questions on different articles that I had written. I'm like, I got no notifications on this. I had no idea that there was going to be this kind of follow-up. <clears throat> And I got in, I immediately started trying to answer and, and recognizing, okay, hold on a second. Two years later, moron, um, you didn't get notified. It's most likely they're not going to get notified by you answering these things. You need to find these people and find out what it is you can do to help them. Again, unfortunately, it was two years later. I hadn't even thought about it. It was one of my biggest mistakes was not staying engaged with the community. Make sure if you're going to get out there, you're going to create awareness, and you're going to start posting stuff that you're staying engaged with your community. They're building sometimes without you even knowing it. That's great. What's not great is you being absent. <laughs> 
you got to stay engaged. That's also part of the evaluation process, by the way. They might be in the middle of your funnel and they might be stuck on whether or not they want to do business with you. It's going to go from conversion back to evaluation. Well, how active is Tim out in his community? Or is Tim just posting stuff and, you know, leaving it there and not really being engaged? Well, if Tim's that busy, he'll have a staff that can back up and stay engaged. If he's not that busy, he'll be the one being engaged if he wants to be successful. If he wants to play the absentee role, it's not going to go so well. Okay, that's just statistically true for the most part. All right. That's it. Evaluation, conversion. So you got it from beginning. Awareness, interest, consideration, evaluation, conversion. That's the better funnel. Now, that's a shorter funnel than because there's what's called a five-step and a seven-step and a million and one opinions. But here's the bottom line. Those five categories right there can get you a better funnel that will get you a result, an expected result. Oh, by the way, don't forget to go back and look at your analytics. Don't forget to go back and look what converted. Don't forget to go back and look who clicked through, who engaged with, with you on a post, how many times was it engaged. Don't forget all that stuff because that will help you design better content for the next awareness campaign, for the next blog post, for the next vlog post, for the next evaluation, for the next conversion and your pricing. A lot of people go to standard pricing. Well, we're going to do it for $197. Well, what if it's worth $297? You've left $100 on the table. What if it's worth a thousand straight even? I know guys that are out there cranking out 10 grand sales on the daily over a phone with no website. You know what their funnel is? It's a phone call. That's some heavy value that has to be delivered in a very short amount of time. Literally 20 minutes. I know guys that do it and they do it consistently day in and day out. Okay. So be aware of those things. It's all part of the the grander scheme of creating a marketing plan. A funnel is part of a large plan. A funnel can be the whole plan, but then you become almost singular in nature as far as your offering. A true marketing strategy includes branding, which is part of your bre- uh, your blogging, your vlogging, etc., and a whole host of other things. We'll go through that more later. That's part of this section, why you need a better funnel. Thanks for listening. It was, this was kind of long. Thanks for listening. If you got any comments, you got any questions, reach out. Send me a message here on Anchor. If you're listening on Overcast, go find me over on on Twitter. Go find it's Coffee with Mike. Find me on Facebook. It's uh, uh, if you look for Desert Media Group, um, that's that's our our business page. Uh, it's in the midst of change. I'm just still trying to get Facebook to change it to Oasis Media Group. Nobody wants to go to the desert for marketing. They want to go to an oasis, right? And and leave us a question. No, ask a question about your funnel. Ask a question about marketing. Ask a question about anything when it comes to that kind of stuff. We will engage you, and we're happy to. It's not just me. There's a couple of us, but we're happy to engage you. Look forward to hearing from any one of you and every one of you. Have an amazing weekend. This is Labor Day weekend that's coming up, so have an amazing Labor Day weekend. Be safe. Take care of each other. Love each other. Thank you so much for listening. Ciao for now. Good morning, and welcome to Java Chat, a coffee with Mike. We are on the second part of the Funnel Basics, which is discussing the funnel stages. And that's been a, this is fun, that's been a uh, topic for the last, these two particular uh, casts, if you will. Reason being, 
again, sometimes we need to go back over the basics in order to remember why it is we do what we do and the thought process behind it, the strategies and tactics, etc. I'm going to be in the middle of making my tribal coffee this morning. Thank you, tribal coffee, for sending me some amazing freaking samples. The I've never seen anything like this. Really ingenious. Somebody devised a cool way to do what are called pour-overs. And all it is is basically it's a, it's a pouch that hangs over the top or near the near the top of your your coffee mug. You pour hot water into it. It it brews coffee and the coffee's flavor is amaze balls. Um, and I'm totally, totally enjoying it. Um, the flavors are wonderful, and it's easy to make. Uh, and it's got this cool little, like, bracket that hangs over the edge, so it, it basically allows you to... Um, it basically allows you to do a pour-over and, and have a great cup of coffee, and that's what I'm doing right now. So, on to our funnel chat. Funnel chat today is basically about the last two stages of the ch of the funnel, uh, which deal with evaluation and conversion. Now, everybody wants to jump to conversion because everybody wants the sale. I get it. That's fine. But we already talked about the first three: awareness, interest, and um, <clears throat> consideration. Uh, and now we're talking about the the rest of the story, so to speak, which is which is the part where you really get someone's interest in evaluating your product or service. You've, you've given them some free information, you've talked with them, you've shared some content with them, maybe put them to a blog, a vlog. You've been able to engage them in ways where they can begin to appreciate who you are as the either authority or uh, product or service to truly consider as the premium for value. And that's the consideration. Now we're talking about evaluation. Evaluating the rest of the story, so to speak, with regards to you and your service and whether or not it's something that somebody really wants to have and enjoy. If you've done a good enough job of that, putting out the right kind of content, putting out the right kind of information, helping that consumer or customer along their decision process, showing them that you have every intention of making their life better with what you have, then the evaluation portion will generally be fairly brief, which is kind of what you want anyway. You don't want to spend a lot of time in evaluation unless you have a difficult product to understand, which can also happen. In which case, this is where you continue sharing the value proposition of what it is that you offer. If you remember our landscaper, the guy with the rocks, I think I called him Tim, uh, the, his whole thing was, I can show you how to make a better looking desertscape garden or rock garden, whatever kind of rock garden, considering colors, considering size, considering makeup, all these different things. By the way, excuse me, I'm going to take a sip of this amazing tribal coffee. Okay, so yesterday I had the New Guinea. It was floral. This is the Guatemala. It's got this nice earthy tone to it. Loving it. Back to our story. And he has been sharing with people through vlogs, examples actually showing them the types of, of rock and things of that nature. Now it's time to start talking about what it is that he's potentially offering. He's not converting yet. He's just giving somebody more to evaluate. I've been talking about how to create the proper desertscape that will let you stand out in the midst of, of a totally green community. 
you know, somebody that has yards and trees, and here you are with Joshua trees, which hardly take up any water, a couple of succulents, a couple of cacti, and this wonderful rock garden out in front with sandstone and all this other stuff, whatever it is that he's doing. He's been showing his expertise. Now, he may have a couple of aims. He may want to sell rock. I don't know. He might have a rock business. That's the case. Most of the value or evaluation will be based on this is the kind of stuff and this is what it generally would cost. This is the kind of budgeting you may want to think about. Now you're giving somebody a benchmark by which to measure what it is that you're offering. You haven't made a pitch yet. You haven't made a, an actual offer yet. So you're not going for the conversion. You're saying this is what it would normally be. This is the part of the process. And, and mind you guys, when you're doing your funnels, a lot of these things get put into uh, a short a shorter process. So although I'm describing each stage as an individual piece, know that a lot of funnels have a lot of these pieces all in one shot. And they're meant to take somebody from awareness to evaluation and conversion, usually within just a couple days, sometimes within just a few minutes, depending on what it is that they're selling, okay? Or offering. Tim's not talking about the benchmark. The standard. This is what it could be. This is what it probably is. This is where everything is at. Uh, stick around and I'll give you a little bit more insight. You know, keeps calling people to action. If you wanted to get a, like a price list of, of something like this as an industry standard, this is, this is non-company specific. This is what it is. This is what I've seen. This is the research we've done. This is who uses it. You get the idea? You're putting out enough information that somebody can make an informed decision in the future based on the offer that is made. That's your evaluation. So when you're creating your funnel, always remember that the evaluation stage is really when somebody's taking a look at you going, okay, so what's the industry standard? What's been the normal? When you come to conversion, now you're going to break the norm. Now you come in with something that may be slightly different. Hey, under normal circumstances, you guys saw the report or you saw my vlog. You saw the, you saw the numbers that are usual and standard. I have something different for you. This is where you start making your actual offer, getting somebody to convert to from a customer to a client or a purchasing customer. So let's say Tim does have a rock company and wants people to buy rock from him. Okay, now he can start talking about his offer, whether he has discounts, whether he has white glove services, uh, if he's got landscaping services, etc., etc. He could also go another direction. In which case, if he had only been talking about homes, yeah, it's probably a rock company and maybe some, you know, maybe some design as far as designing the actual garden. But if he was talking about commercial stuff, now he's talking to architects, he's talking to property managers, he's talking to realtors, people that could actually give him a referral for, um, for rock purchasing. Or he could become a consultant in the case of an architect who needs somebody who's a landscape design architect. Tim might be that, <clears throat> or he may be just a consultant that has, has enough industry experience that he can consult an architect and say, well, if you're going to do this kind of rock garden, here's how it probably would look best according to what you've designed. Now he's selling consulting services. Again, <clears throat> a funnel can be built up around that. When he comes to the point of conversion, now we're talking about what kind of deal are you going to offer? Because everybody's looking for a deal, right? And there's different strategies, guys, for this. <clears throat> some, <clears throat> some do the price break of 
297, 497, 997. And then there are those that say, don't do that at all because it could be insulting to the person that you're, you're making the offer to. If it's 500 bucks, it's 500 bucks. 497 really isn't a huge savings. Three bucks does what? Maybe a couple cups of coffee at Starbucks, depending on where you're picking up your coffee. Me personally, I just drink tribal coffee. I just want to make that clear. Um, yeah, plugs all day. When, you, when I really enjoy something, I'll talk about it a lot. So tribal coffee, check them out. They're everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Get some. This stuff is amazing. Um, but again, it's the offer that is being made needs to be obviously a step away from the norm. You know, if, if, if uh, uh, three cubic yards of, of pink rock normally goes for $1,000 and you're going to make an offer of $750, you are giving them a quarter off. That's, you know, 25% off for anybody that wants to come and get a hold of these, this rock, three cubic yards of it. Now, if you do it through this particular offer, and not everybody's going to see this offer because they came, the ones that see the offer came through a specific marketing strategy. They came off the awareness platform, which put them into an email. Are, is anyone else going to see this particular offer? Not unless they go through the funnel. So now you've made it an exclusive process to get to an exclusive offer where everybody else may only get 15% off. Uh, I'm seeing a funnel go through right now via uh, what's what are called chatbots, which is an automated um, process through Instant Messenger on Facebook, where somebody is offering a product at a, at a price that they're going to discontinue, and then the price is going to go up a lot. And that's part of the conversion process. I'm making this so sweet for you right now. You shouldn't refuse taking it. So there's your conversion process. Converting means making a deal sweet. You've built up on the evaluation side. This is what it normally is. You've seen this on TV. You've seen this in, I'm sure, online as well. You won't have to pay this much. You won't have to pay this much. You won't have to pay this much. This is the price. A lot of TV infomercials are like that. Uh, sales pages are like that. Offerings uh, from certain internet marketers are, I'm going to be jumping this price tomorrow. I'm going to be jumping this price in two days, in a week, or whatever. Interestingly enough, when the next iteration of product comes out, that product usually goes back down in price. So you have, as the person who's creating the funnel, you have a little more than just the conversion point to think about. You also have the follow-on sales to think about. By the way, that's another funnel. Conversion at this point means getting the person to understand what the industry standard is and what you're offering are at, at a wide enough distance as far as value that it would be silly for them to not take it unless they absolutely didn't need it per se uh, tim's rocks i'm in an area in the middle of missouri having a rock garden would make absolutely no sense because the soil that i sit on would have the weight of those rocks trampled into the soil making it look just like a muddy mess however that same deal out in like where i live las vegas Three cubic yards at 750 versus a thousand for the whole load installed and you know laid out when it's normally a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars or twenty five hundred dollars, whatever that is, that is a smoking deal. I'd be stupid not to take it. The only reason I wouldn't take it is I already got a rock yard and it's already done. But that doesn't mean I shouldn't talk to Tim as a consultant to make sure that my rock garden doesn't, you know, because he's an expert. It's obvious. I may still inquire with him some other way. 
to say, hey, I already have a rock garden. Would you mind taking a look at it? You have other things that could occur from that funnel. Your funnel shouldn't only single-mindedly, although it may be a single offering, it shouldn't make somebody single-minded on what you can do. It should make them broad-minded that you may have other services that you can offer. If you don't, you don't. But if it's possible, you should have it there. You should incorporate that into your funnel. I see a lot of funnels where everybody's focused singularly, rightfully so. It's based on a product, whether that's an info product or an actual product or a service, single-mindedly focused in that funnel. That's good. Right after that, another funnel should be popping up. Your, your farming of knowledge, I'll, I'll, I'll say it that way. It's probably not the right terminology, but best I can come up with on such short notice. Your farming in the, in the prospect's mind of your expertise should tell them that you're such an expert that they would probably want to talk to you about advice as well. Well, guess what? For me, that's 150 an hour. If you want to talk to me about your funnel and what it's doing, and I'm not making an offer, by the way. This is just, that's my rate for sitting down and looking at a marketing strategy, a marketing funnel. It's 150 an hour. That's normal. I may do a funnel on it later and offer it for 70 bucks, whatever. That's another funnel. If you've been farming in the minds of your prospects properly, they should be able to look at this singular product and go, cool, I need it, I buy it. I don't need it, but I need to keep following this person. I need to keep watching Tim. And Tim keeps coming out with new content. Hey, just did this yard, wanted to show you guys what I did here. Hey, just did this commercial building and I wanted to show you guys how this worked out. I worked with this architect and this is the design that they came up with. Let me show you how we worked this out so that it looks even better than what it first started out as. And then does a couple of before and afters, etc., etc. Make sure that your funnel will brew in the minds of your prospects, your authority, your professionalism, your expertise, while you're building up to whatever it is that you're going to sell. It will it will continuously engage your clients, your customers. And it will continue to get them in their own minds to come and engage because they need to know more or they want to know more. You don't have to be the most entertaining person on the planet. does help, but if your expertise is clear, you know, not everybody on this planet is the same. Some people are the amiable zanies like the old Crazy Eddie commercials who was so nuts people went to him just to see why he was so nuts. And he wasn't really that nuts. He was just, that was what he did for his TV commercials. He wasn't a, he was a, he was an enthusiastic guy, but Crazy Eddie's deals were literally crazy. And it was all in all the electronics and stuff that were available back in the day. This was back in like the 80s. Um, it, and, and that persona attracted a lot of sales for products. But you wouldn't want to be Crazy Eddie if you're talking about financial planning, would you? Now, I'll, I'll, I'll share one contradiction to that term, but only because she does it in a way that allows her to relate to her generation that doesn't relate to the older generation of financial planners that are stoic, stone faces, unemotional, and I'm literally the calmer version, in my opinion, this is, this is what I've run into a lot of times, a calmer version of a used car salesman, okay? And I know that's gonna get me in a lot of trouble, I don't care. I know how financial planning works, it's a lot of it, a lot of it for financial planners based on commissions and management fees. And if you don't have a certain net worth, that's not beneficial to you. A registered 
investing investment agent or RIA is much better. That's a sidebar for another time. Anyway, there is one young lady who is who is pushing the envelope. I mean, she still checks with compliance. She still makes sure it's all it's all good that she's not stepping out of line. But she does things that are a little off the norm. But they allow her to relate to her market, the millennials, who don't relate to the old style financial planners. In fact, the old style financial planners have a hard time relating to millennials because of the difference in personality and upbringing. And that's okay. She matches them and she does very well because of it. That's her persona. But she's not some amiable zany that goes off the wall either. She just does cool stuff. Um, I'll have to remember her name. She's in the book Crushing It by Gary Vee. Um, her story is in there on how she's changed the landscape within the financial planning realm, utilizing her persona uh, to promote uh, the business that she's in. And again, she does it well within compliance. She doesn't step out of line. She doesn't do things that she shouldn't. She does things that are out of the cultural norm, gets her a lot of bad criticism from a lot of the older folks, but it basically means she's doing it right. Should that be you? Maybe, if that's your persona. Make sure you're doing it right. Make sure you're being legal within the realm that you need to be legal in if you're professionally professionally licensed. My goodness, more coffee. And, uh, or if you need to be factual, analytical, make sure it's still the kind of analytical that doesn't necessarily go straight over everybody's heads. If you're overly technical, you can lose a lot of people that may be the buyer of your product. Uh, Make sure that you understand that you are farming your expertise in the minds and hearts, not just the minds, but the minds and hearts of your prospects. The more of that that you do, the easier it becomes for people to come and trust you. The easier it becomes for people to come and utilize your services, consult with you, ask you questions. And and by the way, if you're vlogging, blogging, uh, posting, and somebody asks a question, get back in there and answer it. Don't, don't, Don't be the inactive uh, community leader. If you're running a group and somebody asks a question, get in there and answer it. I made a mistake years ago. I used to write uh, for the Ask the Expert column for Entrepreneur.com. In fact, some of my my columns are still online. I haven't searched them all out, but I know they're up there. I went back um, about two years after I had written to find this long list of questions on different articles that I had written. I'm like. I got no notifications on this. I had no idea that there was going to be this kind of follow-up. <clears throat> and I got in, I immediately started trying to answer and, and recognizing, okay, hold on a second. Two years later, moron, um, you didn't get notified. It's most likely they're not going to get notified by you answering these things. You need to find these people and find out what it is you can do to help them. Again, unfortunately, it was two years later. I hadn't even thought about it. It was one of my biggest mistakes was not staying engaged with the community. Make sure if you're going to get out there, you're going to create awareness, you're going to start posting stuff that you are staying engaged with your community. They're building sometimes without you even knowing it. That's great. What's not great is you being absent. (laughs) You got to stay engaged. That's also part of the evaluation process, by the way. They might be in the middle of your funnel and they might be stuck on whether or not they want to do business with you. It's going to go from conversion back to evaluation. Well, how active is Tim out in his community? Or is Tim just posting stuff and, you know, leaving it there and not really being engaged? Well, if Tim's that busy, he'll have a staff that can back up and stay engaged. If he's not that busy, he'll be the one being engaged if he wants to be successful. If he wants to play the absentee role, it's not going to go so well. Okay, that's just statistically true for the most part. All right. That's it. Evaluation, 
conversion. So you got it from beginning. Awareness, interest, consideration, evaluation, conversion. That's the better funnel. Now, that's a shorter funnel than because there's what's called a five-step and a seven-step and a million and one opinions. But here's the bottom line. Those five categories right there can get you a better funnel that will get you a result, an expected result. Oh, by the way, don't forget to go back and look at your analytics. Don't forget to go back and look what converted. Don't forget to go back and look who clicked through, who engaged with with you on a post, how many times was it engaged. Don't forget all that stuff because that will help you design better content for the next awareness campaign, for the next blog post, for the next vlog post, for the next evaluation, for the next conversion and your pricing. A lot of people go to standard pricing. Well, we're going to do it for $197. Well, what if it's worth $297? You've left $100 on the table. What if it's worth $1,000? Straight, even. I know guys that are out there cranking out 10 grand sales on the daily over a phone with no website. You know what their funnel is? It's a phone call. That's some heavy value that has to be delivered in a very short amount of time. Literally, 20 minutes. I know guys that do it. And they do it consistently, day in and day out. Okay, so be aware of those things. It's all part of the, the grander scheme of creating a marketing plan. A funnel is part of a large plan. A funnel can be the whole plan, but then you become almost singular in nature as far as your offering. A true marketing strategy includes branding, which is part of your, bre- uh, your blogging, your vlogging, etc., and a whole host of other things. We'll go through that more later. That's part of this section, why you need a better funnel. Thanks for listening. This was kind of long. Thanks for listening. If you got any comments, you got any questions, reach out. Send me a message here on Anchor. If you're listening on Overcast, go find me over on on Twitter. Go find it's Coffee with Mike. Find me on Facebook. It's uh, uh, if you look for Desert Media Group. Um, that's that's our our business page. Uh, it's in the midst of change. I'm just still trying to get Facebook to change it to Oasis Media Group. Nobody wants to go to the desert for marketing. They want to go to an oasis, right? And and leave us a question. No, ask a question about your funnel. Ask a question about marketing. Ask a question about anything when it comes to that kind of stuff. We will engage you, and we're happy to. It's not just me. There's a couple of us, but we're happy to engage you. Look forward to hearing from any one of you and every one of you. Have an amazing weekend. This is Labor Day weekend that's coming up, so have an amazing Labor Day weekend. Be safe. Take care of each other. Love each other. Thank you so much for listening. Ciao for now.